Good evening. Welcome to our service here at Metropolitan Baptist Church. Let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 21. Exodus chapter 21. Exodus chapter 20 deals with the Ten Commandments, and from that basis, we move into chapter 21. 22, 23, and uh, God expounds on these uh, principles of life, how to live. Our New Testament faith has its roots in the Old Testament, and it's important that we understand that. Um, the New Testament is the fulfillment of the Old. The Old is foundational to the New, and uh, therefore we make reference to our judo-christian faith basis and we talked about that on wednesday night that our christianity has its roots in judaism that is the old testament scriptures where jesus christ came of the line of abraham and he is the and jesus christ is the fulfillment of that which was promised in the old and we also stressed on Wednesday night that the Ten Commandments um, are foundational to our, uh, what we refer to as our Judo-Christian faith. So I say all that to say that as we go through the pages of the Old Testament, there are principles and there are foundational principles that lead us into the New Testament. Um, now this evening, I'd like for us to study here in Exodus chapter 21, verses 12 to 36. Let's just read verse 12 and then we will pray. Exodus 21, verse 12. Exodus chapter 21, verse 12. He that smiteth a man so that he die shall be surely put to death. Let's bow for prayer. Oh God, we bless you, we praise you for the opportunity to uh, assemble, to sing your praises and to worship and to learn from your eternal word. Oh God, please be our teacher this evening. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask and pray. Amen. This section, verses 12 all the way through to the end of the chapter, verse 36, is an extension of commandment number 6, which is found there in chapter 20, verse number 13, thou shalt not kill. This is a, an expansion of that main commandment. We see from verse 12, in principle, that God considers life as sacred. sacred to the point that if you purposely terminate the life of someone, you forfeit your own life. Now, this is what we call capital uh, punishment. Corporal punishment is when you give your children a spank. <laughs> There's a vast difference. Capital punishment. And uh, so this is what we call capital punishment. 
and it has its origin with God. In fact, if you go back to Genesis chapter 9, verse number 6, Genesis chapter 9, verse number 6, God ordained this principle. And that's why we see within the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill. Note there in Genesis chapter 9, verse 6, it reads, Whosoever sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed. For in the image of God made he man. So God gives us that principle that if you take the life of somebody purposely, then you forfeit your own life because you are touching that which was created in the image of God. And we find this principle of capital punishment throughout the scriptures. Uh, in fact, if you go to Revelation chapter 13, verse 10, even within the last book of the Bible, within the tribulation period itself, we note here in Revelation chapter 13, verse 10, He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with a sword must be killed with a sword. So we find the principle of capital punishment in Genesis all through the scriptures and we find it here within the book of Revelation. It's a biblical principle. If you forfeit the life of someone, if you take someone's life, you forfeit your own life. Uh, wouldn't it be wonderful if we, if we would just practice the Bible? We'd have a, a whole lot less problems today. Um, Life is sacred, and this is the essence of this section here in Exodus chapter 21, verses 12 to 36, that life is sacred. Now, the first little section here, verses 13 to 17, God gives us um, what warrants the death penalty or justice. What warrants the death penalty or justice? But before he uh, deals with that, in verse number 13, there is a reference to accidental murder. Uh, note then verse 13, if a man lie not in wait, in other words, a person uh, accidentally takes the life of someone else, God deliver him into his hand, then I will appoint thee a place whether he shall flee. So we find here an uh, early uh, reference to the principle of uh, cities of refuge that are established in the book of Joshua. And we read of these cities of refuge uh, there in Joshua chapter 20. They are very, in various locations where if an individual uh, accidentally believes that they accidentally have taken the life of somebody they could receive justice by fleeing to one of these cities where they are kept in safety and they have a trial to determine their innocence, their innocence or their true guilt. So the principle of capital punishment in the scriptures is for one that purposely takes the life of another and it's it's factual, it's proven, there is no doubt. 
Uh, so this is the context, and God teaches us the fact that we need to consider life as of God, and it is sacred. And then in verse number 14 onwards, uh, verses 14 to 17 of Exodus 17, we are given four crimes that warrant the death penalty, that warrant justice. Verse number 14, but if a man come presumptuously upon his neighbor and slay him with guile, thou shalt take him from an altar that he may die. So um, uh, here we have, number one, uh, the crime of premeditated murder is worthy of the death penalty. But also from verses 15 to 17, which is of interest um, for some of us, that uh, the death penalty is also for those that, that uh, display physical violence against their parents, that is worthy of the death penalty. And then also um, in verse number 16, those that kidnap an individual, note their verse uh, 16, pardon me, he that stealeth a man and selleth him. Or if he be found in his hand, he shall surely be put to death. So if, a, if there is uh, open physical violence against parents, the death penalty. If there is kidnapping, the death penalty. And then also in verse number 17, it talks about verbal abuse against parents, the death penalty. Pretty harsh. Um, uh, why? Because we, we note that within these crimes against parents, there is the breaking of commandment number five, honour thy father and thy mother, Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. So God gives us, and God gives the nation of Israel, these are your parameters. These crimes are worthy of the death penalty. See, life is of God. It is God that gives life and he only has the right to take it away or to authorise it to be taken on the grounds of life for life if justice calls for it. The Bible teaches us it's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. God doesn't give man the right to take someone else's life because life is of God. Jesus said, I've come to give life and life more abundantly. So we, as created in the image of God, have no right to take the life of somebody else. Because life is of God and life should be treated with sacredness. So God doesn't give man the right to take someone's life. In fact, God does not give man the right to take their own life because it's appointed under man once to die. Therefore, abortion, murder, suicide, euthanasia are not of God. They are, they are a violation of the sanctity of life. And, and the principle here is that life 
should be honoured and life should be considered sacred before God. So the overriding principle here is that if you take someone's life, you forfeit your own. And um, I know there are some places in the world that this is still true today. Um, unfortunately, not in the majority of the world. But if you ask for my opinion, it's a biblical principle. Capital punishment is a biblical principle, and as far as I'm concerned, it still stands today. If you predetermine to take somebody's life, you forfeit your own. It's as simple as that. The Bible's not complicated. So this principle is found here, and this is the emphasis here uh, from verses uh, 13 down to verse 17. Now we move on to the next little section here. Note there verse 18, verses 18 to 27. This is the next little section. Uh, this deals with personal injuries and the need for equitable compensation. That's the essence of verses uh, 18 down to verse number 27. Um, for example, there in verse number 18 and 19, we are told that compensation was to be made for uh, a person that has been injured. Note there in verses 18 and 19, if a man strive together with another, with with one, smite another with a stone with his fist, and he die not, but keepeth his bed, in other words, he's in bad shape, uh, if he be risen again and walk abroad upon his staff, then shall he that smote him be quit. In other words, he would be responsible, only he shall pay for the loss of his time and shall cause him to be thoroughly healed. So the idea is if you injure somebody, then you are to pay compensation and, and pay what is necessary to aid that person back to full health and strength. And um, then in verses 20 to 21, it talks about the ill treatment of a slave. The ill treatment of a slave was punishable. Uh, you were brought before the judges to determine the severity of the punishment. Uh, that's the essence of verses 20 to 21. And then verses 22 to 25. There's a reference here to pregnant women. Note then verse 22. If men strive and hurt a woman with child so that her fruit depart from her, and yet no mischief follow, in other words, there was no ill intent, it was an accident, and that, child's, and that um, uh, child within the womb dies, he shall be surely punished. How? According as the woman's husband will lay upon him, and he shall pay as the judges determine. So the principle of compensation. Note verse 23. And if any mischief follow. In other words, if a person um, uh, purposely kills uh, a woman uh, and, or, or kills the, the, the child within the womb of a woman, then that is punishable with death. Then thou shalt give life for life. 
So this idea of equitable compensation is the principle behind the little statement there in verse 24, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. Now we commonly take that to refer to retaliation. But that is not the principle here. The idea is equitable compensation. Equitable compensation. Life is sacred before God. So if you take somebody's life, you forfeit your own. If you injure somebody physically, then you are to pay expenses for their restoration. And uh, another example is given there in verses 26 and 27. If a slave is injured in some way by their master, the essence of verses 26 and 27, then the compensation is freedom. That slave is allowed to be set free. So we have varying examples of the principle of equitable compensation. The principle of compensation is a biblical principle, provided it's justifiable provided it's provable. Now, our Lord Jesus gives within the New Testament the equivalent of this compensation principle within the old. Note there in Matthew chapter 5, please. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, note then verse 38. Note what the Lord Jesus said. Verse 38, down to verse 42. Ye have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you, that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. Verse 41, And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. So the Lord Jesus said beyond compensation, we should as uh, Bible-believing Christians be prepared to go the extra mile. That is the essence of what the Lord Jesus made reference to there in Matthew chapter 5. So we have the basis here within the pages of the Old Testament, the principle of equitable compensation. And then the Lord Jesus um, built on that principle and he talked about the idea of going the extra mile. And then if you go back to Exodus chapter 21, from verses 28 to verse 36, this section deals with damage to property through neglect. And if you 
damage somebody's profit, uh, property, then you are to make it right. So all of these are principles that we understand within our Christian faith that are just basic principles that, uh, number one, life is sacred, verses 13 to 17, to the point where God's word teaches you purposely take somebody's life, you forfeit your own. Uh, that's the biblical principle. And then from verses 18 to 27, this deals with personal injuries and uh, equitable compensation. And a number of examples are given in that light. And Jesus said, go beyond an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, go the extra mile, go the extra mile. And that's what God calls us to do as Bible-believing Christians. Be willing to go the extra mile for God's glory. Now we come to verses 28 to 36, and within this section, God deals with damage to property through neglect. Now, there are a number of different scenarios given within this section. But just for the uh, sake of time note there in verse 35 and 36 please it reads if one man's ox hurt another's that he die then they shall sell the live ox and divide the money of it and the dead ox also they shall divide verse 36 or if it be known that the ox hath used to push in time past, in other words, the oxen was uncontrollable, and his owner hath not kept him in, he shall surely pay ox for ox, and the dead shall be his own. So here we have a practical example of the principle of uh, damage to property, someone's property, uh, due to neglect, this needs to be made right. Note there in verse 34, there's a little phrase there, make it good. The owner of the pit shall make it good. And uh, verses 35 and 36, if your bull accidentally killed someone else's bull or ox, the loss was to be shared equally between the owners by selling the live one and splitting the money both ways. If it was accidental. Okay? But, if the owner knowingly neglected to control his bull, that he knew it was dangerous, he had to pay for the dead bull fully. That's neglect, had to make it good. So in other words, if your dog accidentally kills someone else's dog, the loss was to be shared equally between the owners by selling the live dog and splitting the money, right? But if an owner knowingly neglected to control his dog and he knew that his dog's dangerous, 
and he kills somebody else's dog, then he had to pay for the dead dog fully, putting it into practical terms. Because dogs are worth a lot today, apparently. Cats ain't worth much, but dogs are worth yeah. So make it good, the Bible says. Make it good. So the idea of damage to somebody else's property, you need, you need to make it good. Okay? So we see within this section the overall principle of the sacredness of life. Okay, that life is sacred and we have no right to take the life of another. If you do, you forfeit your own life. That's the biblical principle. And then from that, if you cause personal injury, then there must be equitable compensation, provided it is provable. And if you damage the property of somebody else, then you need to make it good. Uh, today we make reference to having warranty. And I once had a tradesman tell me, well, the reason why we charge as we do, we always charge 20% more for warranty work. But have you noticed that most tradesmen don't want to do warranty work? Okay, but they want to make the extra 20%, of course. Um, so make it good. The principle of warranty is right there. If you break it, fix it. Simple as that. If you injure somebody, take personal responsibility. So the principle is very clear. We need to take personal responsibility for our actions towards others and be willing to compensate if there is a need or if we have been negligent, then we need to make it good. Need to make it good. That's a New Testament principle embedded within the pages of the Old Testament. So, in summary, this section deals with life. Life is sacred. God is the creator of all. And man is created in the image of God. And it is God that breathed into man life. Life. And we need to value the life that God has given to us. And we need to value the life that God has given to others. May God help us to breathe each ounce of life for the glory of God. I love Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. The psalmist said, For thou hast possessed my reins and hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvellous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. The sacredness of life. The sacredness of life. God is the giver of life. Only God has the right to take away life. Any one that touches the life of another is held accountable. If you take somebody's life, you forfeit your own. 
you injure somebody else's life, then you pay equitable compensation. If you damage the property of somebody else, you make it good. Life is sacred. It comes from God. Let's use the very life that we have for God's glory. I love Solomon's conclusion there at the end of the book of Ecclesiastes when he said, fear God and keep his commandments. And as long as you and I have life, let's uh, use the life that we have uh, to bring glory to God. And you and I have no right to take the life of another because our life comes from God and we are to glorify God with a life that we have. So the essence of what God instructed his people there in Exodus chapter 21 from verses 12 to the end of the chapter is in essence referring to the sacredness of life, that life is sacred. It seems that we're looking at, we live in a day in which the life of a, a bird is more valuable than the life of a human being. You know, uh, it's just so distorted. Um, the life of a human being is sacred because we are created in the image of God. Um, animals are not created in the image of God. Um, you and I as human beings are created in the image of God. And we live in a day in which life is not sacred. I'm thankful that I live in a judo-Christian-based country that to a measure honours life. Um, that's why we have ambulances that try to preserve life and help people and we have a wonderful uh, health system compared to the majority of the world. But it's so important that you and I as Bible-believing Christians never lose sight of the fact that life is sacred and uh, we need to value the life that we have and we have no right to touch the life of somebody else. But we need to value the life that we have and use that every ounce of breath that we have to bring glory and honour to Almighty God as God sees fit to give us life. Because it is appointed unto man once to die. Life will be terminated sooner or later. But you and I don't have the right to take the life of anybody. We have the privilege of living the life that God has given to us and honouring him thereby.